Welcome to the Root and the Fountain podcast, a lively conversation about all things prayer. Because as St. John Chrysostom says, prayer is the root, the fountain, and the mother of a thousand blessings. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, a writer and creator of the Invisible Scar Passion Project. And I'm joined by my good friend, Kathy Duffy, author of the book, Everyday Evangelism for Catholics, a practical guide to spreading the faith in a contemporary world and creator of Kathy Duffy Reviews. In this episode, we're having a lively conversation about prayer as a tool for evangelism at your parish, at family events, and even at your favorite coffee shop. Before we talk about prayer as a tool for evangelism, why don't we define evangelism? What is it? Right. That's probably a great idea because people have this image of evangelism, like the preacher on the street corner or somebody on a radio or TV show or whatever, you know, Um, and they forget that we're all called to share the gospel. And that's the heart of evangelism, sharing the gospel to draw other people to a closer to a relationship with God or a closer relationship with God. So it's that entire range of reaching everybody, the lost, the people who have never heard of God or slightly heard of him, uh, to bring them to him. The people who maybe were baptized, maybe went to church once in a while, to bring them back into a relationship with God or into a relationship they've never experienced. And even the churchgoers, uh, to bring them deeper in their relationship with God. So that's what evangelism is all about. What would you say to someone who would would ask or comment, but you know, religion is it's a personal thing, so why do I need to go and talk to other people about it? Because they're entitled to their own beliefs. Why would I... <laughs> If you, if you really care about people, you would want God's best for them. And that includes a relationship with God, the opportunity to go to heaven. I, I, you know, we really want them to have everything that God desires for them. And to leave people lost and out of touch with God is not being kind to them. That's being cruel. So we should be loving other people enough to want to bring them closer to God. I, re- I read recently in a book, and I can't, the, the story is that Penn and Teller, you know, the, med, the right. magician guys, and that they interviewed Penn, and he was saying that he was shocked. Is it you? Did you write this? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but who wrote this? Not the expert on Penn and Teller. <laughs> but they wrote that Penn was saying that he was shocked that so many people he knew that were Christians didn't talk to him about it because he's an atheist. And he said, if these people are real Christians and they honestly believe they're going to heaven and I'm not because I don't believe in God, then why aren't they doing everything possible to try to save me? Like, why aren't they talking to me about God? Right. That's exactly right. And we should have that attitude. (laughs) I understand that. And you might step on toes once in a while, but uh, if if it's done properly, you know, if, if we truly care about people, and you don't start out, you know, it's not 
banging them over the head with it, you, you're going to go to hell. You know, we don't use the proper approach. Would you say that you could, can you evangelize anywhere? Like, like at work or? Well, streets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, adapt your tools to the, to the situation. And sometimes you can't, you're in situations where you can't use the words. If you're at work and there's restrictions on the kind of things you can talk about at work, sure. Mm-hmm. Then it's got to be by your actions that yeah, you're the ethical person. You're the person who is an example for Christianity, that people look at you and can see something different in your life. Uh, that is attractive to people, especially in today's world. Uh, it's, it's pretty ugly out there. The person who is walking with God and, and really evidencing that in their life stands out. Can't help it. I think it was C.S. Lewis. I know it was C.S. Lewis. I just don't know the book. C.S. Lewis had said that if you're a Christian, just say you're like you're a Catholic woodworker, then be the, you start out by being the best woodworker you can be. Right. And well, I think he said Christian because he wasn't Catholic. Yes. But then be the, <laughs> then be the best woodworker you can be. And, or like if you're a waitress, be the best waitress you can be and then when people find out that you're christian they'll go wow there was something different there was something special about how that person a little more a little kinder a little more loving in their role because you know waitress isn't going to you know bring your french fries or french fries that's what the restaurant's for french fries (laughs) your lobster (laughs) your you know your lobster and fancy foods and say here you go and say something you know and quote scripture to you but if the person treats you with love and respect and, and just and, and sees you, right, like is, acknowledges your existence and in a good, positive way and they're great at their job, then you will notice that. Right. And that's, that's the avenue for taking it to another level. You, you know, you form relationships, you build trust that people trust you. They, they see the way you live and they trust you. They watch and they listen. People are watching and listening a lot more than we give them credit for. Usually they're watching for the bad things, you know, but um, they're also seeing the good. And it gives us opportunity. If we care about people, we ask questions about their lives. And, and this is one of the, the major tools of evangelism that I, I think most people miss. And it's much easier than a lot of people think uh, to evangelize people. But you do by asking questions demonstrate care and concern for someone else and it starts out you know when you're somebody somebody you're just met uh, you don't know well you're not going to ask really personally how's your marriage going (laughs) (laughs) hi nice to meet you is your marriage a happy one (laughs) but you get to know people you know oh where do you live you know (laughs) you know just keep it on you know on the surface but if you ask questions and are really interested and you allow people opportunity to talk without having to share yourself. You know, most of us, we want to do the talking and uh, we're not good at listening. You have to be an active listener. It's amazing how people will open up rather quickly. If somebody is listening, they will share beyond what you would expect and oftentimes they will share personal things, even on a, you know, first or second meeting, if you have time, you're having a prolonged conversation, people are so hungry to be heard. They will share all kinds of things. 
And that gives you opportunity to bring God into the picture. You know, again, not just, oh, well, are you, you know, <laughs> do you want to accept Jesus into your life again? But uh, prayer is a really good vehicle to bring into the situation because I will sometimes ask a person who is sharing about a problem they're going through, I'll say something like, well, have you ever prayed about it? And that'll tell me a whole lot of things. You know, they go the deer in the headlights and uh, what, why would I do that? You know, and they have no experience of prayer or God. Uh, you can find that out. Oftentimes people have sort of a sense of God and more typical, you know, you, you, know, you ask and they say, no, you know, they just kind of a, just didn't think about God being the solution. And I will then ask, well, would you mind if I prayed for you or with you? Depends on the situation, because I like to play, pray in person with people right on the spot. It's much more effective. Uh, I can go home and pray for them. But if I can pray with them right there, that's a way sometimes to introduce somebody to God, especially someone who's not a believer. If you say, can I pray with you right now about that? I have rarely had anybody turn me down. One person did, and then they came back to me and <laughs> did ask me to pray. <laughs> but they will often let you pray. They won't say anything. They'll just, you know, and, and you don't get overwhelmed. You don't get too fancy with a prayer. Just, you know, pray it from your heart. You know, simple words. Uh, pray for the situation. And that tells them that you believe in a God who listens and cares about them. And I trust that God cares for them enough that he's going to answer those prayers or in some way he's going to make them real. He may not answer them exactly like they want it to be answered, but this is a door that uh, makes it easy for God to step into their lives. So open the door, ask if you can pray with someone. It's a great way to begin that evangelization process. What you said about really listening reminded me of this preacher I heard on uh, on the radio. I was driving I was driving to church and I listened to I think it was someone from like Calvary Chapel or something, and he was talking and he was saying how people ask him, you know, how can I how can I convince you know my friend to go to church? How can I tell these people about God? And he's like, well, how are you treating this person? That's the first question. I'm right. like, wow. He's yes. like, yeah. The first, he's like, the first thing is for you to not look at this person. And the first thing is that you think is like, I'm going to save your soul. But the first, I mean, obviously, if, you know, we want to tell people about Christ and, and preach the gospel. But he's like, the first thing you have to do is to see the person and, and to form some sort of you know, bond there. And that just really struck me as a beautiful thing because it talked about, it was, you know, the intentional, intentional discipleship that we live and breathe at our parish. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it also reminded me that I had read this, I'm going to be honest, I read half of it. It was this ginormous autobiography of John Paul II. And I read half. <laughs> so, so, someday I'll read the second half. I got stuck in the minutia of yeah. Polish politics. But what I really got from the from the first half, they talked that they said that what really struck them all is that when Pope, when JP two would talk to people, how he was so there, 
he was so there. He was looking at them and he was addressing them and he was just so, so present with them. And when I had re- I read that, I thought that's how I, that's how I want to be. I kept thinking, I want to be, I want to be that kind of person. I guess this is why we read a lot and, and think yeah. about this because when I meet people, I want to let them know that God loves them and God, again, the whole theme we have, right? That he specifically loves us and he listens to us. So when I meet people or talk to people, I'm not like, my phone's gone. I don't, you know, I tend not to do anything else because, you know, like if I meet someone on the street and I'm like, look bored or distracted or where's the exit or what I want to do, that's not really it's like, wow, that's a really loving <laughs> thing. It's like, no, but you, you, you're there and you're listening to them. And that's, and that's how you show, right? You start, start showing them the love of God. And then, and then when they think that something's a little different or they kind of, they can feel that love, then you, you tell them what's, you know, where that love come from. Cause it's not, uh, it's not generating for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we want to reflect God's love to them. You know, we want to be you know, the, the physical embodiment of that as much as we can. Yeah, we fall far short, but we do the best we can. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that, you know, they've done um, studies on the conversion process and, you know, they've come up with these five thresholds. And I talk about them in the book of you know, everyday evangelism for Catholics. Um, these five thresholds, you know, the people kind of not always, but most of the time follow this uh, progression through these five different stages in conversion. But it starts with the very first one is trust. You have to trust somebody before you're going to hear what they're saying to you, whether, you know, whether you're going to really take it in and consider what they're saying, you're going to trust them. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that doesn't take much thought to understand how that could be true. You don't trust somebody, <laughs> you know, they start preaching at you, or you're going to run the other way. Uh, that's, that's what you're doing by caring about people and being concerned. You're, you're building trust mm-hmm. and you know, you've got to get past that. And that's a huge hurdle for a lot of people who've been uh, raised to think, you know, you can't trust Christians, you can't trust the church, you can't trust God, God doesn't exist. All kinds of reasons that people have those feelings. When I was um, in charge of the the Welcome Home program for returning Catholics, (laughs) pre-kids, one of the biggest hurdles was, well, the first night was always interesting because you just have a bunch of people who are like very mad at the Catholic uh, church, which I don't know what this says about me, but it was, I found it very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bring it, come here. And you'll like, and, and then I can just like, I can love you all. and We can pray together. Yeah. I found it super exciting. Some people would be so upset, understandably. But they're there. God's yeah. brought them there for a reason. Otherwise yeah. they come. So they're right. there. And the thing, yeah. And the thing that was super interesting, because some people would be angry over, I mean, people, you know, people can be, people can be petty and they would be angry, like, because, you know, they didn't like the music. And then people came with really, real big wounds that I could totally understand why they would have said, you know what, I need a break from, from y'all. But the thing that was so fantastic was that the pastor would show up that first night. So you would have all these people just really upset and like, you know, I left the, the, I left the church because of this or that, blah, blah, blah. And they share that. And then. Father Jim would come in and, or he would be there at the start. And he was just like, I'm here. And, and he would tell them, he's like, I just want you guys, he wouldn't say you guys. He said, you know, I want you all to know that if, you know, if in in your path, you've come across people who didn't preach the gospel to you, if they treated you wrong or made you feel you know terrible, like, I'm sorry, 
because I'm so sorry for what you have suffered because of in the name of the faith. And, and I just, I'm so glad you're back. And I really want to, you know, and he was, he was so loving. Like everyone's heart would just be like melting because he would, and he meant it. And you could tell it wasn't like this phony spiel that he was reading off like a little index card. He felt it. I mean, he was the one that thought we need this program and that, and that thing, that, that apology, it worked. It was like miraculous because people come here angry and not trusting anything. And then they would come here and then the priest, the pastor would say that. And then people on the team were, we all talked to them, you know, just, we're here to love people and to listen to them. And if they have questions or misconceptions about the church, then we give them the answer. My job is to inform not to, what is it? St. Bernadette said, my job is to inform, not convince. So we would just tell them this, that's what it was. And through that process, once people started trusting, we saw, I, I saw so many people just go from these anxious knots of distrust into the people who were so in love with God once they could breach that. But sometimes it would, it, would, it was like a 12 week thing and that sometimes it was, it was very hard. And sometimes not everyone, like some people had big changes and other people could not yeah. get through it. Right. You know, but we've seen that too in alpha, the alpha course, because that goes over at least 10 weeks and some people come in and they've been away from the church years and years, decades more frequently than we did have some people who uh, were not, no, had no church background, weren't baptized, but we had a lot of people who were, you know, just coming back to just check it out. Somebody had invited them and they came with a chip on their shoulder sometimes. (laughs) And when they could sit there and have the conversations in their group and nobody's jumping on them for whatever, just listening, it it broke down a lot of barriers. A lot of those people ended up coming back to church and getting back in relationship with God. That's so important what you said, because it is in like no one's going to be badgered or bullied into the faith. Right. I mean, I mean, they can maybe fake it because they want you to leave them the heck alone. <laughs> but, you know, but no, you're not going to bully. No one's, no one ever became a saint because they were bullied into it. You didn't go, that's a really great Christian over there because I forced that person to go <laughs> and pray all the time. So it is that, and they do need that, that freedom of expressing how they feel about stuff. It can be tricky because people can share what they think about stuff, of course, but, and they can, and they can share their thoughts. Like, I think the church, the church did this, or I think the church, but this about the church. And of course we have, you know, the deposit of faith and the catechism, the things that are beliefs. So someone can say, well, I believe all this. And you're like, well, that's not our church teaching, but they, but then it's important to listen to people and, and, and to, and to not right off the bat go wrong. You're so wrong because maybe you're wrong. You don't know, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and you don't, well, usually it's more useful to ask them questions to help them think things through, you know, and why is probably, why do you believe that? Why do you think that? Easiest question to ask. So say you don't know me from, like we've had, you know, we've chatted for a little bit, like, oh, hey, there's Kathy. And I've seen her around when I go for the donuts and the coffee and you know, we'll chat a little bit. And like, what, what kind of questions would you ask to start your <laughs> yeah let's start the conversation about the lord because you can see someone at church all the time and never really talk about god so it's like well, I don't start, yeah i don't start there i start with the personal you know who are you you know get a better sense of who they are first and 
then from what they say, then, you know, you can make the connection to God from what they say. Uh, it's, it's, I'll talk about, oh, yeah, we just we just moved to the area. And, oh, were you in another parish before? Or, you know, somebody at Donuts, I'm assuming, is going to be Catholic. So, you know, then, you know, you can say, you know, and then you can kind of talk a little bit about their spiritual history. Um, but you, you get into it gradually and you have to be responding to the moment, which probably brings us back to one of the most important things we need to be doing is praying before we have conversations, be, you know, praying for people all the time. And even on the fly, these are those, you know, oh God, here I am in this situation right now. And I didn't plan for this. Don't know about it. And uh, give yeah. me the right words. I don't know what's going on, especially with the angry person. Uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder and you have no idea where it's coming from. And mm -hmm. you just have to ask the right questions to try to, you know, find out what's really going on there. And oftentimes the things people say at first are smoke screens for what really is going on. Uh, somebody might say, well, I've, I left the church because mass was at the wrong time or my kids didn't like the school or something. But if you talk long enough, you'll often find something deeper going on that, um, you know, maybe there's really an issue with church teaching that they've struggled with, or somebody hurt their feelings, you know, there's something more personal that's happened. You just, you don't know, and you can't accept things at face value. So you want to really let them talk and encourage them to talk and find out before you start, you know, sharing anything at all. And that means being patient, you know, somebody that you're only seeing one time, it's, pre it's pretty tough. You just have to follow the Holy Spirit's leading because generally you're not going to go too deep on a first encounter. You just scare somebody off if you do that. But that does happen once in a while. You know, uh, when we were praying out in the courtyard at our table for people before pre-COVID, um, we'd start into conversations with people that would sometimes they'd be, you know, sharing prayer requests and they would get really deep really quickly. You know, we were in a different special situation there advertising. We're going to pray for you. Uh, we're not all walking around advertising. Yes, we'll pray for you. Um, so you have to be a little bit more diplomatic and, you know, careful about their feelings. You know, they don't, don't push too hard. Don't, you know, don't push too much, but you can also ask to follow up with someone, oh, I'd love to talk to you again. Um, you know, can we meet next Sunday too? You know, would you like to meet up for coffee and donuts after the 10 a.m. mass next week? Or, you know, if it seems appropriate, can I email you or call you? Or you just have to be careful about the situation to know what you should do next. What happens if you have like a, a relative that you want to invite or, you know, you, you find like if you want to invite someone within, you know, someone that you've talked to a little bit, but maybe haven't gotten that deep because you can have relatives and not ever be deep with them. Yeah. And, but if you have a, a conversation and you're, you're feeling your way, okay. Like, yeah. you know, you can learn more about their, their history and not, and like you said, asking questions, cause you don't want to assume, uh, you don't want to assume that just someone, because someone says, oh, they went to the church. You don't know if they were very active or just went there or how they felt about it. So it's good to ask those questions. And then when you do that, like, how would you slowly at, invite them to something? Do you go, hey, so like, you want to come back now? 
<laughs> Very so, carefully. When it's when it's you know close, you know family, uh, you really have to tread lightly because you don't want to disrupt all the family relationships. You know, if you get heavy handed with family, that can, that can be very bad. So, uh, you know, that I, I pray for families on my prayer list, you know, in that prayer journal that we've talked about in our other session, uh, I pray for family all the time and pray very specifically for certain ones that I, you know, I know need prayer. My father died, as you know, my father died a year ago. And my father was a wonderful, faithful man. That gave uh, us family members lots of opportunity because <laughs> we were, you know, we were praying together. Not everybody, but a lot of us were praying for him. But to talk about uh, his faith and the way it worked in his life, and uh, just what a, what a good person he was, and why that was so. That, you know, it's a way, an indirect way to say, hey, God was moving in his life and see how he blessed us. Isn't that wonderful? And it's easy to bring up those wonderful things. We've got a new grandchild, you know, what, what thing that, and, and he is just a total blessing from God. And I mean, you know, I, you know, advertise him that way, you know, the surprise yeah. baby. And he's just, you know, what a total blessing from God. So you do it gently and gradually and then it comes up I think indirectly in other settings you know again the conversations you get into are are so different for every person but maybe there's uh, something that's happened in your life and say you know well I felt like God had me do this you can talk about God intervening in your life after my dad died there were some really amazing things happen um, you know, the, the long story, but you know, I, I won't, I won't tell the whole story. But you know, we were able to, you know, get uh, something resolved. We, you know, we didn't. God did because it was totally miraculous. It happened in just a matter of a couple of hours from the moment we realized we had this huge, huge problem and had couldn't see any way to resolve it. That God came up with a solution, just walked it to our door <laughs> in two hours after we found out about it. It, it, there's no nothing but miraculous explanation for that one. And it's so far beyond coincidence, you know, just, you know, stack up, you know, six different things that had to happen for it to work out. It was just amazing. And so that's an opportunity to talk. Oh, okay. God did this amazing thing. Right. I, I don't talk like that to, to relatives who don't believe in God, because I want them to know, I believe God is real. When he does these things, you explain it some other way, but man, I, I don't see any way this could be anything but God. And to be confident in that and to share the way God is acting in your life is a safe thing, you know, because it's your experience. You can share God's active in your his activity in your life without putting a burden on someone else. They can think about it and they can dismiss it or they can buy it. But if it's Something that's going on all the time, which it is, if we're paying right. attention. Yes. <laughs> um, then they hear it over and over again, and it, it plants seeds. You, you kind of do this gently and gradually, and you invite them when it's appropriate, you know, if there's something. But you'll know. You, you don't want to, you know, the person who's never said in church and you know you don't want to be pushy like well everybody's going you know so you have to come with us 
Right. Uh, but you can, you know, hey, we're going to church. If you want to come along, you're more than welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, no pressure at all. And some will and some won't. But you have to be good with that. You don't, you know, then pout <laughs> because they say no. <laughs> but you love them either way, however. Right. They, yeah. That's that's very important. The Before you were saying how, you know, we talk to, you know, we're praying, we're praying with the people in the pews and or outside the parish, we were praying in the courtyard. And then with, you know, this is one of my pet peeves. I just mentioned it. It's like when people say, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. And I told you that I don't like that term because they assume that the choir knows everything going on. So like when someone goes, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, I'm just preaching to the choir. And I, I know, I know it's a, an expression, but sometimes I'm like, but, but of course I overanalyze expressions, yeah. a word person. So, and I was just thinking about how, Sometimes the people involved at church and the parishes get into the routine of it and they lose their fervor and they well, don't. Some of, them, some of them never had it. We did surveys um, after most of our alpha courses. And the first few years when we did alpha, we had a lot of parishioners attending because we wanted everybody, especially the first year, we wanted the parishioners to go through so they would know what it was. So they would then be comfortable inviting other people to come Uh who were not parishioners, who were not Catholics or whatever. And we did those surveys even from the first time around. And we consistently were showing those first few years that about 25% of the people at the end of Alpha had a relationship with God that they did not have before they started Alpha. That was an eye opener. We'd heard, you know, that that could be, but these are people, you know, that were going to church faithfully. They're every, they had no relationship with God. Going through the motions, they're belonging to the club, whatever is bringing them there, habit, who knows. But um, that was a game changer for a lot of them. So uh, preaching to the choir, you know, the bottom line is, I, you know, we tell people, don't assume anything. Talk to people, find out where they're really at. Find out if God's active in their life and prayer asking questions that relate to prayer are a good way to do that. Because right. If someone comes and, you know, they're sharing something. And again, if you, if you're listening to them, if you're an active listener, really listening to people, people always have something that needs prayer. There's something going on in everybody's life. Sometimes it just takes longer to get to it. People are more guarded, you know, but there's always right. something going on. And sometimes, you know, really seriously troubling things going on. And so then when you bring up the subject of prayer, okay, have you prayed about it? Would you like to pray about it? Asking those questions helps you to understand where they are. If they don't have a prayer life, they don't have a relationship with God. I, I just don't see how if you're not communicating with God, there's no relationship. Um, right. Maybe that sounds a little harsh, but it has to be communication of some sort. So um, finding out where they are in their prayer life is probably one of the best ways to get a sense of where they're at with God. And then if you ask if you can, you know, pray with them, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, if it's somebody that's been going to church for a while, say, you know, would you like to pray too? You know, you give them the opportunity uh, many people have no experience praying like that. You know, they're used to praying rote prayers, you know, when it's done in, you know, communal prayer or whatever, but they don't know how to pray 
to make up their own prayer on the spot. They just are totally uncomfortable with that, have no experience. So I don't, I don't dismiss, oh, well, no, you don't have a prayer life. That's just not the case. They, they might have a prayer life, but they, it's just not the type where they pray out loud comfortably with other people. But um, I want to help them to develop that ability because, again, we should all be sharing the gospel, working with other people. And prayer is one of the best tools for doing that. So helping people to become familiar often starts with helping them to be able to pray, you know, these long-time Catholics, helping them to be able to pray out loud, um, just say, well, here's a chance to practice, you know, just say, no, you know, just, you know, hey, what you were telling me, just tell God exactly what you were telling me. And that's your prayer. One of, um, okay, so my friend, Ah, I'm trying not to use names because I don't want to yeah. call people out, yeah, even if it's a good thing. But yeah. I know. Um, but one of my friends, she's the the director of faith formation, <laughs> and she was. She told me that she can best gauge how a kid's relationship with how comfortable they are with God in their prayer time, because for CGS for Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, you go there and you get in a circle and everyone always prays. And you can see, like, some kids are not comfortable praying out loud. And, of course, you know, there's the shy kids and stuff like that. But through the course of a year, if a kid never says a prayer, you can see that maybe the God isn't, you know, how comfortable are they praying. Yeah. So so she uses that to sort of gauge where they're at. And I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. You know. Same and, with adults. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's true in my home, too. Like, when we have, when we have, um, when we pray our nightly prayers, that, I can always tell the kids that are sort of like, eh, they're kind of losing a little of their fervor because the prayers are just very like, they're not as, they just don't feel the same, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. different. So I'm like, well, that's, you know, it just, it's a good gauge yeah. for that comfort level. And it's like you said, it's also with that, at the parish, you can have a lot of people who are involved in things and, and don't feel it. I was one of those people when I was more, my heart was away from the church I always say it like that because I was actually physically at the church, but my heart wasn't into the faith for a couple of years. So when my heart was gone, I was involved. I was like helping out in the Spanish program and doing a bunch of stuff, but it was, I was a, what I call a checklist Catholic. It's like, did my volunteer work, went to mass. I won't go to hell, said a prayer over dinner you know, yay, I'm going to heaven. It's like, no, that's not, what are you doing? But um, and it took, it took, it took prayer, I think. And, 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 not, and people not assuming things about me, like when they talked to me because my husband was in the RCA program, they didn't assume anything about me. They asked, like, they asked, now I know what they were doing. Cause I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's what you were doing. You're trying to figure out where I'm at. But, you know, and they, they could tell that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling it. And then, so I think that that's what, it, it can be so easy when you are at par- in the parish and you're so busy doing all that work that you don't, you're so busy doing things for God that you forget to speak to him. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I remember when, when I, when I was doing the, when, it was like my first day as the RCA director and the parish manager who's um she's a fantastic person. She's, we're so blessed at our parish. The, the, we have some people that are just like, I'm such good, good prayer warriors. And, but I remember she was like, okay, this is just, so you know, this is how we do this, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay. And the most important thing that you need to know 
is that you have to step up your prayer life. I was like, oh, <laughs> she's like, you have to step it up. She's like, this is a battle. And you are now, you know, you're now officially, you know, out there that you're in the battle, you're in the battlefield. You're going to help people to learn more about the faith, to receive sacraments, to have grace, you know? So do you think that you're going to get away with no search, <laughs> no warfare? I'm like, oh, so she's like, you have, she's like, you have to make prayer like priority. You have to pray for everyone involved because now they were away and and then the enemy was like, well, I don't care. You know, the, the lukewarm, no, the, the lukewarm are, you know, they're lukewarm. No one really cares. Or, but it's when people want to get close to God that that's when the enemy starts to, the, all the, there's so, then that's when the fight starts. And so, but I remember she said that and I was like, oh, like that was a crazy time because yeah, I, that battlefield, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> It was fierce. It was yeah. fierce. But I love the fact that she, you know, she spoke so much about like prayer being that fuel. And, you know, like you were saying that prayer is essential to evangelism. And I think it can be so easy to do the other things first. Like, Oh, first I'm going to go to the, and it's all good stuff, but it's like, first I'm going to go to the homeless shelter. First I'm going to do this. First I'm going to do this. But it's like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. What is the number one first thing that you have to do? What is it, Kathy? <laughs> Yeah. Well, if we don't pray, we are really doing our own. We're just off on our own little journey. It doesn't matter what God wants. And we've got to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because oftentimes the prayer arises out of the situations that he puts in front of us and the promptings that we feel, you know, oh, yeah, you should talk about certain thing with this person. Those promptings, I, I really trust are from the Holy Spirit. You don't. You don't plan a conversation in advance for this sort of thing. You just can't. Mm-mm. You have to be relying on the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom, uh, the insights you need, the discernment, whatever it is in each situation. So if you're not praying, you're not getting that, and you're going to just make a mess of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't bother if you're not going to pray. Don't bother <laughs> trying to evangelize. Yeah, because there's already enough people saying that, you know, preaching a gospel that does not bear any, doesn't even look like what Jesus would say or, or how, you know, and then, and they, there's such a distortion of what Christianity is. So like, don't be that person, you know, <laughs> why don't you talk to Christ? Why don't you pray? Why don't you, you know, spend time in scripture? And I think, like you said, it's not something that you prepare in a sense, you can't prepare for the conversation ahead of time, but you can have all that all that can be in your, in your fuel tank, right. right? Like the scripture you read, the books you read, all that stuff is there. Right. Um, I have to tell you what happened. I don't know. I think I, I can't remember if I told you this, but I didn't tell anyone listening. So <laughs> anyone else, so I'm going to tell you, but one of the things that I, that I try to do every time I leave the house is to pray, Lord, put me in the path of who you want. And, and then just, and then after when you want, when you put me in the path of who you want, give me the tools to do what you want, because that is a wild prayer. It is a crazy, crazy <laughs> prayer. And so my husband and I, so we've been going for walks in the neighborhood track uh, at the, and there's a park and we, and we go around that. And what we always do is we do one lap in silence and we pray for our whole neighborhood. It's our, we, we call it the prayer lap. Yeah. So, cause he, he's so much more in shape now than me. So he's like, let's walk 10. And I'm like, okay, well, like the first one's the prayer, <laughs> the prayer lap. And then 
So between that and like Lord put me in the path of things, he has answered that prayer in a crazy way. So the other day I was, um, we were, we were coming back from walking from the track and I saw my neighbor and I thought, oh, I promised her some lemons from our tree. So I went and got some lemons from our tree. And then, um, and then when I went to go give it to her, we were just talking and she was telling me about things being kind of rough and she, cause she needed some stuff. I, I don't want to get too much in the details, but she needed a prayer or she was expressing uh, something that would require prayer. And I felt like God was like, okay, ask her to ask her to pray. I was like, okay, because that's the thing. If you tell God, put me in the path, you can't argue. You can't argue. If the Lord's like, you need to ask this person, you don't go, but Lord, and you just, you just do it. Just do it. Unless you want a Jonah experience. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be thrown off the ship. I don't want to go into the whale. So no. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, Hey, um, I don't know if you're a praying person, but you know, would, would you like to pray? Cause we can pray for right now. She's like, Oh, and that little, Oh yes. Became this huge conversation. I was out there for two hours mm. and she was sharing so much about her experiences. And we talked about God and it was just like this incredible conversation that we've lived in the same neighborhood for like 11 years. I'm like, how did we not have that conversation before? It's like, maybe because we weren't open to it. Maybe it wasn't the right time. Who knows? And then, and then, um, so that was a great conversation and you know, there will be follow-up. I'll be <laughs> like, how are you doing? And stuff like that. But then like, you know, the week after we're walking around the neighborhood, did our little prayer lap again. And then sure enough, another neighbor that he was just, he was just talking about how he had this rough time because Everyone's going through a hard time. It's it's life, right? Everyone's got something to pray for. And he mentioned, you know, that he's going for a rough time. And I looked at him and I felt God again, just going, okay, you yeah. know what to do. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. Um, would you like to pray? I don't know if you're a praying person. He's like, oh, I'm a praying person. And I thought, oh, like, I did not know this about you, yeah. but I should have known because he's a, he's a nice, a very, a very good guy. And so we prayed. And so I'm like, well, why don't we pray right now? So boom, we did it right there. And so like our, our evening walks are now taking longer. <laughs> <laughs> and they're much more fruitful. And I come home and it's like, and then at the first time the kids were like, oh, you prayed with so-and-so. Wow. That's wild. And now like, they're like, yeah, mom's, she's praying with people <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> but, but think about it. People are going through so many things, especially now more than ever. They're going through a lot and they're isolated. Lots of people are very isolated and have they don't have opportunities to share the people don't take the time to listen uh, and to to share these things about what you believe and think and god and problems and that sort of thing rare rare opportunities in most people's lives for that so you're giving them a gift and i think that's the way most people perceive it or else they wouldn't talk to you well we did have one experience that did not result in a, an outdoor, like a on the spot prayer because this lady, one of our neighbors, she was, um, I'm telling it's all about neighbors now because everything is closed, well, <laughs> not closed, but yeah. it's just, it's, you know what, it's We're your, back. it's your area. This is, this is my part of the garden. And, um, so what is it? What is it? Don't they say like mother Teresa, the, you know, find your Calcutta. <laughs> like my Cal, my Calcutta is my neighborhood. And so, she, yeah, one of our neighbors was just telling us this incredibly, it was such a sad story. She was there. She just told me it was so, so sad. And I asked a little, I asked questions, of course. And 
it was just, it was so tragic. And when we were done, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, you know, we just, we talked and stuff. And I said, well, you know, do you, would you like, I don't know if you, I always start like that. I'm like, well, I don't know if you pray, you know, would you like to pray? She goes, oh no, no, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't really pray. And, and then of course you're like, well, would you like to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, would you like to pray? And she's like, mm, no. And she was super uncomfortable. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay. you know, I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Because I do feel that that's okay. Because that person, because who am I to judge? You know, I, I heard her story. I cannot, it's the poor lady, right? I'm not going to judge her for that. She doesn't know when you're asking to pray. She has no idea what that looks like. Right. So it was just like, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, so I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, we don't, you know, I'm like, that's all right. But I'm like, I will pray for you. And I, I will pray that you will find, you know, some more peace and that, you know, that, you know, that you can, you can find some sort of healing and I'll, I'll just keep you in my prayers. And she was like, Oh, okay. So that yeah. was okay. Yes. So I was like, perfect. Yeah. So, but it's one of those things where you're like, it's like, you have to be like, like a, like a surgeon, you know, well, you, you're not, you're not a surgeon because like, I'm a clumsy oaf, but it's like, you have to listen to the surgeon who's like, you're just like, did you ever see Ratatouille? Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> long, right. So like, it's like, uh, it's like, God is like the mouse pulling my hair to control. <laughs> like, I don't know how to handle the situation, Lord. So you take over. <laughs> so you're just going like carefully, like, okay, this is what I need to do to, you know, yeah. so again, and I think that if I had, if my, if we hadn't prayed before leaving the house, if we weren't, if we weren't people of prayer, I would have botched that up. Right. I know who I am when I'm not praying and I am a, bleh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a wreck. So yeah, <laughs> you know? well, it's so easy to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, I, I guess it's still a good rule of thumb is to just be as considerate as possible and say as little as possible. Just ask questions. Let them talk. Encourage them to talk. Um, don't push like, oh, I have a preconceived goal here for this conversation, that it has to go in a certain direction. That'll just get you in trouble. Let let the Holy Spirit lead it wherever it goes. It's okay. Yeah, that's the thing. And then you have to, there has to be like a self-forgetfulness. Right. Right. Like you can't be self-conscious about it because God asks us to do wild things that really look weird to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like St. Bernadette, I don't, like, she's on my mind, I guess, today. <laughs> you know, like, go and dig this little dirt. And she dug a little dirt. And they're like, well, how? St. Bernadette's digging in the dirt. And they're like, oh, guess what? It's a holy spring that cures people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it looks kind of weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. Be willing to be a fool for God. I'm yeah. So many of the saints where God told them to do things that were crazy. And they just have to be brave and do it. And that's, and that's the thing I think that's so important with when you do pray as a tool for evangelism, that you, that you have to be willing to be a little awkward, a little like on your toes because you were the foot soldiers for, for the general. And so we have to like be listening to him, right. And ready to go when he, when he gives us orders, you go, you know, like you said, you don't want to end up like Jonah, but there's no pride in it. (laughs) What? There's no pride in it. There's no room for us to have, if, we, if we're acting out of pride, worried about how we look or how we come across, <laughs> it'll, it'll ruin it. Oh, I'm going to tell you, you know, I know you know the story, but the story where like, I argued with God about something, it's not the first time, but, <laughs> but 
Um, it was when I was just starting to figure out, okay, like maybe I could pray, I could like pray outside of the church, like with people, you know, like, and it's my, it's my, uh, I was at a coffee shop. And so I was, um, cause I think this is a good example of how you should be on your toes and not get in the way. Cause this is a story of how I was in the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, and I had been praying, Lord, you know, like stone to flesh, the organization had come to our parish and they were sharing how to go out and evangelize. And I was like on fire. I'm like, we're going to do this. Yes, Lord, Holy Spirit, guide me, guide me. And then, so I was at the coffee shop and I was waiting for my friend that I hadn't seen for uh, like a year. And I was waiting for her. She was in town. And as I was there, there was this other lady and she was on her laptop and I was just doing my thing. And she looks at me, she's like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, Hey, she's just, I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm just right, like, cause I asked, I'm like, Hey, you're busy working there. Cause I chat with strangers. Yeah. And <laughs> she's like, Oh, I'm working on my job resume. Blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And then, and then I was, you know, and I was continue to just wait. My friend, my friend came and we were chatting for a little bit and then the woman got up and she was ready to leave me. And I felt that God was like, okay, go pray with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of a coffee shop, Lord. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I'm like, we are in the middle of a coffee shop, a very packed coffee shop pre COVID. I'm like, we're packed. And he's like, and I felt again, I felt that prompt. I don't hear like the word. Well, yeah. you know, it was like this prompting go pray with her. I'm like, but like God, <laughs> God, my friend is here that I haven't seen in a year. And like, I want to talk to her cause I don't have a lot of time. And I was, and then like the, the realization, cause God can give you this realization of like, what am I doing? <laughs> am I an idiot? Like, why am I sitting here? Arguing? Cause the girl lady is like ready at almost at the door. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to blow it. Here I am like, Lord, guide me to do something. And I'm not even like, I'm like, God asked me to do great things. Like, go do this. Like, So I was like totally arguing with God. And then I'm like, I'm an idiot. Okay. Sorry, Lord. So I told my friend, I'm like, um, wait a moment. Like I didn't give her any context. I'm like, just a second. And like, I got up and like, Ooh, hurried to the lady. I'm like, hi. She's like, what do you, she's like, hello. I'm like, I was just, you know, I was just thinking, um, uh, would you like to pray? <laughs> just like, it was so clumsy and it was so awkward because I already had spent m- most of my limited time arguing with God. So now I'm like being clumsy. I'm like, hi, I was just thinking about, you know, your job. Would you like to pray? And she's like, it totally taken aback because of course, <laughs> of course she's taken aback. Some random lady just ran to her yeah. and, um. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'm, I'm not Christian. And I said, oh, well, do you, do you believe in, do you believe in God? She's like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh I was like, well, do, and I'm like, well, do you, do you still want to pray? And she's like, oh, well, like she, like, you know, (laughs) she was surprised. She's like, well, okay, okay. Oh no. She goes, well, well, and I'm like we don't have to pray in the middle of the coffee shop. I'm like, we can go on the sidewalk and we can pray there. She's like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Why not? So we stepped outside and I was just like thinking, and I could see like with the corner, like my, my friend was like, what is happening? <laughs> I went outside, but I went outside and you know, she, so I'm like, you know, do you want to hold hands? Do you want me to put my hand? Like, how do you feel? She's like, or do you just want to be like this? And she's like, I just want to be with my hands together. I'm like, that's fine. 
Um, so then I just started. So I was like, okay, what's your name? She gave me her name. And then I just prayed. I'm like, you know, Lord. And then it was a very like, we've talked about this, but it was a very gritty prayer. I'm like, Lord, your sister, you know, your daughter, blah, 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 needs a job, help her with the job interviews. It was just very like factual, but like, yeah, that's what she needed. Right. Yeah. So that was, and, and I sort of, I couldn't like stop myself. I was kind of going on, but then I stopped and, you know, and when I was done, she looked at me and she was so transformed, like this anxious person that looked like, what the heck is with this? Like, she was like so much, uh, there was so much more peace in her face. And then she's like, do you mind if I hug you? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, you can hug me. That's fine. So she just hugged me. Yeah. And she's like, thank you so much. She's like, thank you so, so much. And she was like in tears. Yes. And it was such a beautiful experience. And so she, she's, um, she's in one of my notebooks. She's adopted. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. But that's a good example because it, she's feeling God's love. You're, you're the vehicle, but it's, it's God's love coming through to her. And that's a huge breakthrough. So Yay. Yeah, so it was great, and I told that to uh, one of my other friends. She's like, "Oh, I wish I." She's like, "I wish we could know. I wish we could like be invisible, which is really weird, right?" She's like, "I wish I could be invisible and go and see how she explains this to like her husband and her, you know, because I knew she was married and all this stuff." And I'm like, "I would love to see how fast she found a job after that because <laughs> right, we trust God works in those situations oftentimes in amazing ways. We don't get to hear about it most of the time, but once in a while we do." Yeah, I am always kind of floored, you know, you know, and I find out, oh, yeah, that was what we prayed for. You know, we got to we got to we got to hear the answer. Oh, that's so exciting. It is so exciting. I mean, that I mean, that one to me, like, I don't know, I I have because of the the insistence of that prompting of the Holy Spirit, I am like 100 percent, absolutely no doubt that she found a good job or a job that she needed. Yeah. You know? And that she'll remember this crazy lady who's super awkwardly and like with complete lack of finesse or any <laughs> experience stumbled up to her, you know? And that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I felt that was important to share because it's like, you know, you can do things really super clumsily right. and like argue. But then, well, since then, now I'm a little bit like now I'm a little more experienced. She, if it, we're assuming she's got, a, that she got the job and she makes the connection, probably she will then God becomes real to her. Oh yeah. We prayed about that. And God answered the prayer. That's a game changer. Yeah. So somebody who's not sure if they believe in God, not, you know, it's all just kind of fuzzy out there. Okay. Now God's real. Um, she's got a long ways to go to develop a relationship with God, but it, you know, it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I did tell it like when she told me her name, I'm like, Oh, my name is Veronica and I'm a Catholic and Oh, I go to the parish and I pointed to, cause it was right Right there. I was like, I, and I go to that parish, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you ever want to go, no, I didn't, I didn't push it, but um, it was, you know, that's like you said, that's an example of a clumsy example of evangelization. Is there anything else that we need to, to mention? I, th I think we've really covered it pretty well <laughs> for this session. I, I mean, obviously it could be awesome. like, we could talk all the time, but we yeah, gotta... lots of food for thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we wrap up with a prayer? And you know, I'm going to ask you if you mind to wrapping up with the prayer for us. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we know your love. We just want to share that with other people. 
I would ask from you that you would touch the hearts of all that hear this podcast, that they would want to bring you into the lives of other people, that they would care, they would really just love, not just care, but love other people enough to risk a little bit of discomfort or embarrassment to pray with other people, to listen, start off with listening, but to start opening doors so people can come to know you. And again, thank you, Lord, for the opportunities you give us to touch other people's lives. That is a privilege. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.